Welcome to Marin Costello Radio, where we have intentional conversations with impactful people, your weekly dose of motivation, inspiration, and entrepreneurship. Join me as we explore the ins and outs of building and running a business, interview leaders across all industries, and find the common denominator beneath it all. This is Marin Costello Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, we have such a special episode for you today, not only because the one and only Hollywood is on the show, but because I am recording internationally and there is a surrounding rainstorm, thunderstorm. So please do not mind some of the natural uh, soundtracks that will be happening during this recording. As the founder of the Meta Project, Ollie Wood is known for his ability to see the big picture. Rather than simply encouraging high performers to do more and work harder, Ollie has worked with world-leading experts in exercise, nutrition, biochemistry, and coaching to develop a more holistic, scientific, and sustainable approach to health and performance. Ollie came from a small town in New Zealand and was brought up on homegrown real food. As he grew up and saw how the food industry changed, he realized how many issues were brought back to the lack of nutritional focus and how much food alone can rebuild the body and health. Ollie got his start in the trenches of the health world as a PT in a big box gym. After seven years of working in primarily high-performing business owners, he saw the extent to which stress, inflammation, and a lack of focus on recovery was ruining any progress they were making. Ollie refocuses his peak performers on the power of nutrition alongside his team of experts in areas of mental health, nutrition, biochemistry, and training with a guiding philosophy that you can only push as hard as you recover. Ollie's goal is to help professionals on the pursuit of growth and improvement to make sure they don't leave their body and energy behind, and with this framework can change the way people fuel and nourish their bodies for good. Ollie, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, lovely to be on. Thank you. You're so welcome. I am so, so intrigued by how your company approaches health from a holistic standpoint. And I know that you started your company in 2015. And I imagine that back then people weren't necessarily maybe open to talking about health from a holistic standpoint. It's much different then than it is now. Can you talk about the beginning stages and how it might have been maybe a little difficult to pitch your approach to health? Yeah, I think I went through the same progression, right? And I think any any good business has gone through those struggles themselves and then found a way to, to help their audience with that space. So for me personally, going through that, uh, I started off in, in going through a lot of different sports and really understanding the little nuances between all of those. And more importantly, knowing that it, there was never just going to be one diet that fit everyone or even just one diet that fit me forever. Because there was going to be different shifts in my recovery if I was doing a triathlon versus if I was trying to build muscle or whether I was just trying to be as hyper-focused hyper and, and clear-minded going through a full business day it requires a very different shift in nutrition. So just getting an idea of uh, over time learning those skill sets and then building your repertoire of t- skills you can use in, in, in certain positions because everybody starts with, okay, I need to get back in shape and I'm going to make some big drastic change, Right. And it might work the first couple of times and we get that initial response. But if we continue to keep going down that yo-yo, we put up more stress on the body, we become more inflamed and our body becomes more and more stubborn to change. So if we've noticed that shift in your body, you've started to notice you're kind of spinning your wheels in the mud a little bit, it's usually starting to step back and just start to pay attention because we're getting to a point in, in the world that 
there's so much noise, there's so much going on that very few people are actually connected with what their body's telling them. So going through that, rather than just going from the next diet to the next diet to the next diet, it's understanding that skill set of how can we actually fuel your body for change, recovery, feeling good every day, and understanding how much of an intricate uh, impact that's going to have on not just your energy, but your mental focus, your mood, uh, all of these components that really start to have a very systemic impact on how you show up in the world. What is one thing, just one thing that everyone can do to get them on this path? Do it for you, not to you. I think there's a lot of things that we can dive into and lots of things that I can tell you you should do. But again, it's another should, would, could rather than something that actually comes from you and something that allows you to be involved in the process. And I think if we are so focused on it, putting the foot on the accelerator rather than actually taking the foot off the brake, we start to see all the mental blocks and all these areas that we tend to self-sabotage ourselves because it's really not something we're involved in in the process. And I think any area of our life, especially in business and health, which are very integrated, I think, together, is understanding that you should be doing it for the sake of what that makes of you in the process as opposed to the goal itself, right? When we start to seek the reward at the end of the tunnel, then we we start to lose focus or even enjoyment in the process itself. Whereas if we simply switch that back and start to get rid of all the instant gratification and reward systems that we are wired towards, right? This will have to be an uphill habit and intention of focus on how can I feel good every day? And then simply building those actions back into that morning routine or that afternoon routine to just make sure that we are showing up in a way that not just our business is growing, but every every area of our life is coming with us. Because we've all seen the person that's achieved massive business success while everything else falls apart. And I think a way to look at there is, look, if you want to 10x your goals, you need to 20x yourself, right? You need to go through that that initial impact of what are your current standards, habits, and routines that you set up in your day. So that that goal now just becomes an expectation because you're the level of uh, that standard that you set for yourself every day. It just becomes default as opposed to desperately going after a goal rather than actually focusing on the process in front of you. I love that. I really so appreciate the work that you're doing and the work that you're putting into the world um, from a personal experience, because I now live my live life and now, excuse me, live my life holistically. But I was, you know, born and raised in a city environment, um, you know, went to school, learned all this, all the stuff in school, you know, was blessed with two amazing parents. But it wasn't until I decided to go to therapy in my adult life that the rest of my life changed entrepreneurship, friendships, health, all these things. So. I really appreciate how you attack, not attack, approach your clients from all different angles, because it really is something that is seemingly unrelated that could really affect everything else. Yeah. A quote we use all the time is your body keeps the score, right? You can try now nutrition and training all day, but if there's a, a unresolved trauma behind there, there's a stress that you've just got used to, but you're suppressing it down and saying, I'm, I'm all okay. And just taking the time to peel back a couple of layers to really find out where that's coming from makes a huge difference. And a quote we use all the time is, you know, it's not what you eat, it's what you absorb. And if you're eating all the right foods and it's not working, well, it's, it's like having the conversation around calories, right? People that say calories are everything. Well, they're 90% right and they're 100% wrong because until we've got an idea of building that base of health and, and actually absorbing food, being able to have energy in your day, uh, knowing how to effectively exercise, whatever that might be, now we start to get in a space that that starts to make so much more of a difference because your body's actually working on all cylinders rather than just trying to kick it along. This is a question that we ask on every show. Um, 
going back to holistic, um, to give a holistic perspective of all of our guests. What was little Ollie like? Yeah, uh, I pretty much just hyperactive and finding everything to get out of school. So uh, that allowed me to get into a lot of different sports, as I mentioned before. Uh, and it was really not that I didn't want to uh, do the work. I, what I've learned now from myself, uh, finding out I'm <laughs> severely dyslexic, uh, was taking the time to look at how I look at things very visually. Uh, and then that it took me longer to initially learn things. But once I learned it, I was able to learn it at a much deeper level. And then when we can have these certain conversations through health, we're not just talking surface level, right? We've already gone really deep really quickly around what's actually going on. Uh, and for me, what initially was maybe a limitation, I think has now become uh, a bit of an asset of mine is I know that I've needed a bit more time to learn it, but at the same time, it's because I know I'm le learning it at a much deeper level, which is ironic because I tend to speak things faster. <laughs> That's so funny. Where did you get your speaking abilities is that a natural given talent or was that honed over time um i i think very much uh it's reps and i think it always is right you don't learn how to sell by reading a book you don't learn how to drive by reading a book you do it by doing it and i think just taking that time to look at uh you know we've worked with thousands of clients over the last couple of years we've built so many trainings and understanding what lands, what doesn't, and how do you start to articulate that story uh, in a way that actually resonates with someone? Because I think just getting a really conscious awareness of what you communicate is still very different to what the other person hears. And being able to have that conversation or awareness of what is landing and what isn't uh, is something that is a level of awareness that I think would would help in every every era of life, right? When I eat this food, how do I feel? When I say this thing, how do they respond? And it's just those simple questions that I think you know, allows you to learn so much quicker rather than simply repeat the same year over and over again. This conversation is blowing my mind because if we were having this, I don't think that I would have a podcast five years ago, but if we had a podcast, if I had a podcast and I was speaking to you five years ago, those words would resonate so differently. And I don't even know if I would absorb them. You know, yeah. it's the, the, it's this, this simple concept of how do you feel yeah. after everything that happens in your life? How do you feel? It is a, it is a wild concept that so many people, um, that, that really baffles a lot of people. To yeah, take the time and, and, and ask yourself how to feel. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I regularly, especially on, on coaching calls, I ask, how do you feel? And I say, yeah, that's cool. How do you feel, right? And it's just get past the first layer and then give me your actual response, not the automatic. And I think there's very much that layer that as soon as we break it down, we, we start to talk to a true human uh, and that we can actually start moving forward. That's amazing. So you were exposed to sports growing up. You're a personal trainer um, at a gym what catapults you into having your own brand? What were the first steps that you took in your, in having your own brand? Yeah. Uh, for me, I don't really know where it came from uh, other than my own hunger of getting better. So through the initial phases of personal training, uh, I was also getting ready for a couple of bodybuilding shows. So I was really starting to look at the extremes of, okay, we're looking to add muscle drop body fat, which are two exact opposites of the human body. <laughs> so how do we do that in a smart way that doesn't actually uh, be a detriment long-term? So simply, naturally, I dove into the health space of who's the best experts here that I can learn from. Because if they've gone through this with a thousand clients and I can simply buy that skill, then I'm able to go through this process of learning it in three months, as opposed to taking 10 years to work it out. Uh, and I think just the simple realization that you, you 
either pay in time or money. It really comes down to how long do you want it to take? And I think going through that process very early on allowed me to grow as, a, as an individual, but also allow, allowed us to build a brand around like-minded individuals in the same spot. Do you want to work it out over 10 years or do you want this result in three months? So is that a question that you ask your clients now of like their timeline of when they want to? I think it's an, underla- it's an underlying value. Uh, okay. you know, from what we're talking about, everything that we're talking about today is self-development based, right? And I think it's simply one extra rung in that is if we're getting used to delegation at work, but we're not delegating things at home or we're not finding someone to help us along that journey, it doesn't matter how hard we're running. If we're running in the wrong way, it doesn't matter. Um, so I think it's just taking the time to make those shifts, shifts. And as we built through my personal brand and building a, a company, it was really just a development of, okay, this is happening. Why do people not know about it? Wow, what came up there and how much did my body change? Why do people not know about it? And going from the classic personal training space where it was 100% training, and then starting to get an awareness of how much stress, how much information people were walking through the door with, it was starting to just drastically impact their ability to ever move forward in that first instance, right? So they're getting stronger and they'll come to the gym three times a week, but they weren't getting results, right? So having a conversation of what's actually happening here and just being a little bit more intellectually curious of what was going on, starting to dive into that space of those sessions became you know, 100% training down to uh, you know, 80% training, 20% nutrition, and then uh, 40% training and 60% lifestyle design, like just really starting to look at what are the components of their day that are getting in the way of them actually moving forward. And if I'm only seeing them for 45 minutes or whatever it might be, what's happening in the other 23 hours of the day that need to make some alterations so that we can actually make the most of 45 minutes. So over time, it just created quite a significant shift in my communication as a coach going from very much like let's push hard to I can see that you're stressed. We're going to go for a walk around the block before we start our session, right? Very simple shifts, but that's where we're starting to find the 1% so that when they walk out the door, it's not just making sure they've had a sweat every day. It's making sure they're actually moving forward. There's two things that came to mind when you were speaking uh, right there. One is that your clients in the gym were essentially your your test, that was your testing ground for what you're doing now. And secondly, there is such an intuition and an intuitive nature to what you do, because you clearly have been, you know, the subject of your own service to ask yourself, how do I feel to then know if a client isn't fully showing up or if there's a block, or if you can tell that there's something else that they're maybe dealing with. How do you, as someone who is so intuitive, scale that in your business? Because I imagine that that is like the secret sauce of Ali, right? But how do you then spread that across so many clients where, where, and I imagine you have plenty of other folks working with you and only, you know, there's only one of you and so many people who want a piece of you. So how do you scale that? Yeah. uh, Brilliant question. Uh, And obviously coming from someone that understands that game over time, right? The delegation of tasks, a, uh, level of ownership that uh, starts to shift to leadership and trying to understand all of the the emotional shifts that you go through in that journey for one, but just actually logically putting that on paper. And that's really been a journey of the last couple of years is processes, SOPs, all of the boring stuff behind like how you build out that system, which is fantastic when you've got a structure in place, but also from a human level, hiring, hiring the right people, making sure they have that to start with, because there's definitely a uh, natural skill that needs to be there but there's also a component of what can actually be taught and getting an idea of both in the health space and in the coaching space you know there's areas of 
you can give someone a plan and they'll thrive regardless. If they're a natural born athlete, they'll just make it work. What happens about everyone else? How do we build a plan for everybody else? So that if they constantly keep getting injured or they always have a bloated gut or something else is going on, what can we do to make sure everybody wins, not just the top 1%? So I think having a, to answer your question more directly, I think uh, my process over that has been, I've built out a program for my clients and I've also built out a program for my coaches. So going through that step, a step-by-step sequence of, okay, what's all the stuff that allows you to get closer to this target? And then what are the process and steps that we need to go through? And then ultimately making sure that both the client and coach side of that has that sequence to really walk through. Uh, And (laughs) I failed miserably at this first because I said, why are people not getting this? Here's the systems, here's the tech they need. They just need to get on the call and go. What are you saying on this call? How did that go so wrong? So starting to bring out our systems and starting to understand Uh, and natural biases towards wanting to help someone and in the process kind of just tripping up the whole thing because we're trying to do it for them, right? This is very much a do it with you, not a do it for you approach. And if I just say 10 things that you could do, it's not not of any benefit. This is why we really focus on the could, would, shoulds and remove them to focus on what's your big easy? What's the one thing that you can actually add in this month at what degree so that we're now not focusing on discipline and willpower. We're actually making sure that you win on default just because it becomes part of a routine of every day. What I mean by that is just breaking it down to a level of uh, an anchor that will happen, right? What is that time of day that allows us to yeah, you know, morning routine, for example, right? If we nail the first 20 minutes a day, we could, you know, it's very hard to stuff up the rest. But breaking it down so that we can find 10 minutes in our day. Can you find 10 minutes? Yeah, awesome. What do you want to fill that with? And breaking it down to something that truly makes sense for you. Because if I tell you that, you know, reading before bed's great, but if you haven't read a book since primary school, that's not going to be a particularly good habit. So the habit has to come from you. And there's a level of motivational interviewing that I think is missing in the space of coaching is we know all the stuff but we don't know how to present it and that comes back to our conversation of we're communicating something but how is that actually being received oh that's brilliant so i want to again go back to the early years you you're a personal trainer in the gym you decide to branch out on your own i imagine there is some sort of like not an easy transition but there's a knowing of there's white space in the market you need to move from this space to this space how do you then network and bring clients into your now proverbially new brand? Was it a seamless transition? Did you already have a, a client list? How did you network yourself and market yourself? Yeah, at some degree, it was a natural evolution of the brand, right? The What I was trying to provide as a service simply became a much bigger scope than what I could provide in an in-person gym setting. So that's why we went online. Uh, and as we went through this process of building the Meta Project, uh, the whole thought process and premise of it is understanding that there's more to it than training, right? Macros and dumbbells is not the goal. The goal is looking at mindset, nutrition, exercise, sleep, all of these components of how do they not work in isolation, but ultimately how do they work in integration? So that really became a collection of experts in one space to make sure we had our clinical nutritionists, we had a mindset coach, we had all those people working together through that thought process. And again, that was a level of uh, control that I had to be willing to give up is actually just bringing amazing experts and realizing this was six lifetimes worth of information that I needed to bring into one program that didn't all need to happen with me. And I think being comfortable with realizing that in that journey of entrepreneurship, business uh, growth, you are always the bottleneck. 
And the reason, as soon as you can start getting yourself out of the way and focusing on bringing amazing people in that are actually smarter than you in certain regions, allows you to build something that's much bigger than you and allows you to actually impact the client, which was the whole point of you building that business in the first place. How long were you doing things by yourself before you learned the, the gift of delegation? <laughs> Probably too long. Uh, I'd say about six years. Um, mm-hmm. But in that process, it was very much about learning a lot from other people. So I, it, although I was still the one speaking it, it was coming through me, I was very clear the whole way through that I, this wasn't going to be like a, uh, you know, uh, self-made and it's all about me. It's how much can I really learn from the best people in the space to accelerate myself by 20 years and then getting to that point of, okay, now I'm learning from these people. How can I actually just bring them into our world to actually present them in their unique way as well? Have you ever experienced burnout? Yes. Uh, not talk, to the talk to of, us about that. <laughs> it's actually incredibly timely because uh, we had our squad calls yesterday which are essentially a uh, once a month catch up with all of our clients we set up three times in a day and we sort of build out the game plan for the next month and I actually shared that story uh, yesterday uh, going through that that progression of growth and we had uh, through lockdowns and through these big shifts you were just talking about around uh, understanding uh it was kind of a burn the boats moment, right? How can I go from a one-man band or from a, a small local enterprise to really making sure this expands to the level where we're really wanting to impact people? Uh, so again, that was the, the goal. And I wasn't the level of, uh, I didn't have, have the level of character currently to achieve that goal, right? And that's okay, right? I'm still great the way I am, but I simply had a goal that I wanted to achieve. It's not like a, 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 it's simply a discrepancy in skill sets that I needed to build to get to that new level. Now, when you focus so much on the business focus and you start dropping everything to achieve that goal, that's where those other areas of your life start to really subside. And someone who had always been fit, always proud, proudly made sure that they were active, was starting to really see that fly, slide very quickly. And uh, in the middle of it all, I actually had a hence the uh, helmet in the background, had a motorbike crash on a track, uh, 200K down the straight, which is like 140 miles an hour. Um, yeah, rather rather big. Uh, tore a whole lot of muscles off my shoulder, broke a lot of things, uh, which became a pretty massive process in itself, right? So there was sort of a, um, a stress from both angles. And the bizarre thing is you wake up and you're, I can't be doing this. I've got work on Monday. And it's like, Ollie, <laughs> just take the time to slow down and actually realize what's going on. Um, and through that process of now trying to rebuild a body, rebuild a business, and actually just not taking the time to, uh, I guess, listen to my own body, which is this whole conversation, right? Those two really compounded in a way that really manifested in a level of chronic fatigue, which really started to get in the way of my every day. Uh, and, you know, I knew how to exercise, knew how to train, but it was all of these things below the surface that we're starting to understand and communicate to our clients, which again, I went through personally, through both seen for, uh, circumstances and also the unforeseen, uh, through things like crashes and understanding how things like that certain physical stress from injury can also have a drastic impact on how your body functions. And that sometimes you just need time to actually build things back over time. And if you force it into change in a way that uh, it's not ready for, it can certainly take its toll. Oh my gosh. So many parallels in our story. When I was hearing your 
your, you know, shortened version of your accident. I too have been in several accidents and have had a yeah. couple health scares and I'm yeah. not sure where on the spiritual spectrum you are, but I would sway very much towards the, the spiritual uh, side. And I like to say that God in the universe likes to get my attention through my body, which would be in accidents or, you know, burnout or things like that. And it really is just a, a reminder to breathe and stop and slow down and take inventory. And yeah, so that's now, go ahead. One of the big things that we talk about with our clients all the time is seeing that progression that people go through, right? First, we get the tickle, right? The little nudge to say, oi, you probably sort things out. And then you get the whack because you weren't listening and it becomes a slightly bigger thing, like a tweaked back. And if you keep not listening, then you get the full blown truck and something really hits you, right? You have a medical appointment that doesn't go well. You, you get thrown off a motorbike, whatever it is, where it's simply you not listening to your body and you pushing things harder and harder. And especially on the male side, us stubborn males <laughs> tend to push that as hard as possible until things really do break, right? And we've seen clients come into our program, even you know, take their first call and say, cool, I'm ready for change just as things got really bad. I'm like, I really wish that I saw you three years ago. But sometimes yeah. we're just sitting in that space of, you know, we just need to get through this goal. We just need to hit this run. We need to do this thing. But in the process, we just lose everything that actually is meaningful, right? We've only got one body. Let's look after it. Because if you achieve the success here afterwards, you get to the end of it and you've got nothing to actually enjoy. What was the point, right? It's a classic dog running after the car. What happens if you actually catch it, right? It's so true. It's so true. I'd like to go back to your team and, you know, you were a personal trainer, then you go out on your own and now you're collaborating with all these different folks who are specialists in their respective fields. What does hiring them look like? What does hiring your internal team look like? And what does, what does that time frame look like for you? Because everyone's journey is different. I mean, I've been, I've had my jewelry business, I mean, arguably for a couple of decades, but I didn't really yeah. go all in until a handful of years ago. And I yeah. didn't really hire anyone for until like, you know, two or three years ago. So can you walk us through that time frame? Yeah. Um, it's really only been the last three years where we've got serious about hiring talent as opposed to hands and just understanding the difference between hands and brains that you're hiring and simply being getting comfortable with levels of investment into your team that may not pay off for three or four months, six months even, um, by making sure you hire the right people. And uh, I'm sure you've seen this before. I've, I've certainly been surprised and amused, uh, maybe not at the time, but in hindsight, in hindsight, of hiring people with resumes is just it's a really bad idea. You've got to get on the call. You've got to feel it out. You've got to get an awareness of what they're truly there for and do your values align. Are they on the same mission and have, have they really bought into who you are? Now, our best team members are the ones that uh, came through our customer um, uh, funnel and through our marketing and they just said, I love what you're about. I'd love to be on your team. Right, and they just bought into that first. I can I can train them through skill sets. We've built those systems now, but if they're not aligned on that same level of what our actual mission is, then I find that we're you know fighting against that a little bit. And just going through that awareness of you know skill sets and and uh, values, and trying to realize that you know if it's a skill set issue, I can work on it. If it's a values issue, that's going to take a really really long time, uh, and usually starts to drain the rest of the team. So just being really really careful of the people you bring into the space their ability to work with each other, their ability to come up with their own ideas and really own their clients. I don't want someone coming to me and saying, oh yeah, I'm working with your clients. I want them to come in and say, I'm working with my clients and this is what they, the level of service they need. And it's just a level of ownership through that process that when you find it, uh, you want to make sure that you really invest into them and make sure that they feel great in that space. Do you have a trial period for your employees or for the, your team members for yep, them to come 30 on? Days. 30 days? Yep. 
that's awesome. Mine's a little bit longer. I feel like sometimes it takes us a little bit longer for things to really smooth out and to see people's uh, true colors. But I, I highly recommend for anyone who's listening, who is in the market for hiring or who maybe is looking for a new way of hiring to um, do a trial period. It's very, very helpful. Very much so. Yeah. And you go through what used to be called <laughs> the sink or swim period uh, is really just understanding how you went on a first couple of calls, how you uh, responded to critique and really going through that process of working with a team. I think you can learn that really quickly. With our sales team, we can notice that within 14 days, right? Do they have it or do they not? And I think sometimes me personally, I'm definitely someone that is more emotional than I like to let up and is someone that will try hold on to someone much longer <laughs> than I likely should. Guilty. Same. Um, but I think that just, I think that points to us being on the intuitive side of the spectrum and, mm. and caring about people okay. and, you know, wanting the best in people and believing in people. I, I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, I think it's, it's better to be on that end than the other. That's just me, maybe giving myself yeah. some grace. <laughs> um, I think one of the, one of the keys to being a successful entrepreneur or an entrepreneur with longevity is the ability to be malleable and to change and shift with the times and to change quickly and make decisions quickly and also to maybe make other decisions that combat those decisions quickly depending upon if they work or not. I want to speak to what your business looked like before the pandemic, during the pandemic, and not that we're necessarily out of it, but now at this point in the pandemic, what that looks like for you. Yeah, uh, it's, it's exactly the same with health. I really like the the tie between the two is simply, you know, strict on the goal, flexible on the approach, right? And just having a community to say, cool, didn't work, next one, right? And taking the time to find the balance between, is this just a rough period that I need to learn from and walk through? Or is this simply the wrong approach? And being able to simply ask the questions logically in that space, zoom out a little bit and be able to simply say, what is... You know, uh, I, I, a really nice way to look at this that although it's the same person answering the question, sim simply saying, what's someone that I respect or someone that I think is highly intelligent or successful in this space, what would they do in this situation? You're still technically the one answering it, but it just allows you to pull back a little bit from the emotional, like this is what I'm stuck in right now. Because you see it with a client, sometimes it takes a little bit to see with yourself. Uh, so that's a really good way to look at it. You know, you're strict on the, on the goal, you're flexible on the approach and making those pivots from there. Uh, from us going through uh, those challenges, I'm definitely someone that really has to be careful when we go through uh, change because I really enjoy it. And I'm just like, cool, there's a challenge. 90% of people are going to fail right now. And it's, you know, we, as we go through these shifts, iOS updates on Facebook, we, we see the lockdowns, we see all these things. I'm like, great. Anyone that just didn't get better has now, has now gone and we continue to rise. So it's kind of been a shift in skill set, right? When you say um, uh, you get critique on something, right? One person says, oh, I'm a failure. Next person says, awesome, I've got an opportunity to improve. So I think it's really just having that fixed or growth mindset around is that is that challenge something you're stepping up for or you're hiding away from? So that as an overall mindset of pre-framing what I'm about to say, I think is really beneficial. So for me going through uh, pre-lockdowns, we were still very much half in person, half online, and it massively held us back. Like it was the biggest bottleneck that I was not seeing at the time because Ollie needed to be the face. As we went through lockdown, I very much just leaned into that. Cool. Uh, have to be, for us at least, we were uh, literally locked at home for four, four weeks. So 
uh, I probably aged about 10 years in that time, but it was pretty well <laughs> just 16 hour days. Let's build an entire platform. We uh, built out a 12 week program, built a, a lower cost beta round, said, uh, look, we've got 40 spots, let's dive in and we're going to take you through a 12 week journey. Only knowing that the only video I had built for that entire thing was that video for them to sign up, right? So mm. every week we built out the program with them uh, over the course of that 12 weeks. That framework that we built then is now ultimately still a foundation of what we have now, right? We've made lots of upgrades in the quality of the videos, but the overall thought process is the same. So it was very much just a sink or some moment. Do I want to step back and, and chill out for four weeks or do I want to take this time to actually step up and grow? So that was a shift that we went through in lockdowns. Now that we've come out the other side, we're actually starting to see the benefit of in-person events, uh, getting people connect connected in certain spaces and, and getting back to that's been fantastic. But ultimately having that hub, having that strong core that's been built and then a team around it that's been built through that space has made it a lot stronger. That's amazing. I have a similar, um, similar experience wherein people were like, oh, what shows are you binge watching? I'm like, binge watching? I've never worked harder in my life. I've, yeah. I, yeah. I forgot what sleep was. I mean, I always, yeah. you know, have, was a night owl and I can, I can function for better or for worse on no sleep. But I just remember the pandemic being one of the most exciting, challenging, hardworking seasons of my yeah. entire career yeah. thus far. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you leaned in or you leaned out. Uh, and I think totally. you saw a pretty clear difference between the two. So you're, you're speaking to a 12-week program and maybe there's someone who's listening to this episode who's like, Ollie, I'm not sure what your program is. I'm, I'm interested. How do people work with you? Are there different ways that folks can work with you? Yeah, we've actually built it out to 16 weeks now and then we actually have a full 12-month option as well. Um, but the, the thought process is the same. We go through, we reset what your focus is, we simplify where to start. Sleep and energy has to be your focus, right? Front load that health space. We dive into repair next, so diving into things like your blood work and really understanding if we look under the hood, what's actually going on so we can get your body back on your side, right? That's all before we dive into our restore, which is where we start to have this conversation about gut health and really think about sealing and healing the gut. There's so much that we didn't quite get through today, but understanding a lot of these chronic inflammatory conditions, we're focusing so much on trying to fin finish, fix them with acute solutions, right? So things that have been around for long, for long periods of time, we keep trying to add in these quick fixes that are simply making the issues worse. So that's, that's sort of phase three. And obviously the goal of this long-term with our reinforce, our long-term uh, sort of game plan here is how do we make sure this is your blueprint? This is something that allows you to, as you go through more of a exercise focus, or as you go through more of a hard working block, or even when you're going through holiday or simply winter to summer, what are those adjustments you go through to really feel great with the food you eat and just feeling confident with how your body's functioning moving from there. So we work very much hands-on in a one-to-one -one environment alongside that group community space that makes it so much easier to do. Um, so we we very much focus around one just amazing product rather than having lots of little eBooks floating around. Um, so if you want to go through that process and really understand uh, not simply you know, locking into another diet for four weeks, but actually going through that process of building something that's going to last, uh, you can certainly find us on our website at themetaproject.co uh, and simply understand a little bit more about what we do. We put out a ton of free content. Hopefully today was a really cool uh, insight into some of those first steps or the thought process around how it's been built. Uh, and then we can simply jump on a call and see how we can actually help you personally and what that would look like as a game plan. I love that. What's next for you and for the brand? Yeah, for me, uh, right now, I think it's very much been a uh, going through the entrepreneurial journey. You go through so many different 
I need to do this and that and find every single opportunity as you go through, right? It kind of gets a bit scattered and we thrive in that chaos. And you and me both, it seems, uh, with that uh, lockdown. Now, where we've got to, where I've got to in in my stage of business is understanding that, okay, we've now got a huge team where they have families and we have, uh, you know, their livelihood based on, on this brand. I can't just pivot overnight and be like, whoops, it broke, start again. So I need to be very careful in, the speed to which I change things and also taking the time to be more uh, measured, right? Because times anything by zero is still zero, right? And it's much easier to just drop back and simply building an awareness of risk tolerance, um, I think can be definitely something to manage over time, right? When you're starting out and you need to have a high risk tolerance to get started and make sure you make those big shifts. But I think now it's very much a process of building a, a platform that allows other people to thrive and actually get better because we went through a process of just changing everything all of the time. And people are like, I can't keep up with you. And now it's really just a case of continuing to find that 1%. As our clients are doing, as we're doing with everything in today's conversation, is how do we just make that program 1% better? And I, I'm, I'm intentionally making that a boring answer, Aaron, because I want to make sure that the goal is simply just, just do one thing and do it really, really, really well so that it becomes world-class. Well, I think that's how one would ideally live one's life now to focus on one thing, doing it really well, whether it's breathing, drinking water, eating a good meal, sending a single email. You know, if we do things well at small things, well at scale, that's what builds beautiful life. 100%. But at every level, there becomes a more attractive opportunity. right. So it's simply training that muscle to, to continue to focus, continue to narrow it. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. You are so inspirational. I'm so grateful to to know you, to have you on the roster of Marin Costello Radio guests and to share what you do with our audience because I think there's a lot of folks out there who listen to the show who could really benefit and will benefit from you, all all things Hollywood. All credit to your questions. That was fantastic. Thank you. You're so welcome. Friends, that interview was just beyond. A big thank you to Ollie for coming on the show and another thank you to our hosts at Dash Radio and our producers at Island City Media. If you liked this episode, you can listen to it again on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Please leave a review so we can continue bringing you the people like Ollie and the conversations that you love. Lastly, if you want to connect with me offline, you can find me at MarinCostello.com and MarinCostelloRadio on Instagram. Have the most beautiful day, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you next week with another amazing guest.